good morning, a good afternoon, good evening, a good night, whatever time you may be listening. Welcome to the Newsmax Daily for Wednesday, December the 20th, 2023. And thank you for stopping by and listening. Tick, tick, tick. Five days until Christmas, all of a sudden, 11 days until the end of the year, and about 320 days until Election Day. Today is hashtag National Sangria Day, something millions of people may have and share during the Christmas season. Although the best sangrias come from Spain, it was basically invented by the Romans when they occupied Spain. And they mixed wine and alcohol with the water to decontaminate it. The water. The history of sangria, like most wines, is really amazing. With nothing else really of any significance on the calendar of made-up holidays today, I'm going to jump right into the headlines. As always, there is plenty of news. There are a few things outside of politics and D.C. and Colorado that I really want to get to, but we will start with the big story, of course. The Colorado Supreme Court, whose justices were all appointed by Democratic governors on Tuesday, declared former President Donald Trump ineligible for the presidential election. They removed him from the state's presidential primary ballot. Greta Van Susteren on Newsmax. And we are following some breaking news right now out of Colorado. Just moments ago, the Colorado Supreme Court ruled that former President Donald Trump cannot appear on the state's ballots for the 2024 election. The ruling says, quote, a majority of the court holds that President Trump is disqualified from holding the office of president under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment of the United States Constitution because he is disqualified. It would be a wrongful act under the election code for the Colorado Secretary of State to list him as a candidate on the presidential primary ballot, end quote. The Colorado Supreme Court's ruling is the first time a state court has agreed that Trump should be barred from 2024 ballots. As you know, if you listen to the podcast, several other states, including another Democrat state, Michigan, have already ruled against attempts to remove Trump from their ballots. It's not only the first time that Trump has been removed from the ballot, it's the first time in history, in the history of the United States, that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment has been used to disqualify a presidential candidate. Like so many other things with Donald Trump and the Donald Trump presidency, the great disruptor. It is the first time in the history of the United States. More from Greg Kelly. Democracy in action. You heard what Colorado just did. The Supreme Court of Colorado in favor of democracy. Are you kidding me? Said that Donald Trump can't be on the ballot in November of 2024. If you live in Colorado, according to them right now, as of today, you can't vote for Donald Trump. Now, this will be brought up to the Supreme Court. I do think that President Trump will prevail, but that's the situation right now. No Donald Trump in Colorado. Granted, it's a blue state, but you know what? 5.8 million people live there, nine electoral votes. This is a very, very bad situation, right? I'm going through this thing right now. It's like everything else. It's like the January 6th uh, report. It's like those Jack Smith indictments. It's not legal, it is political. What do they call it? Lawfare. Warfare, but law, law, lawfare. This is a way to get Trump. They make it seem like it's legal, but it's really a political vendetta. I don't think it's going to stand. Who passed this thing right now? Where, let me see those guys. These are the Supreme Court justices of the Calif Colorado State Supreme Court. The only thing I can think is uh, maybe they were high, right? Isn't uh, marijuana totally legal in Colorado? 
I don't know, but I do know this. It's not democratic. No way. And what does the other side say all the time? That Trump, he's the threat to democracy. Remember, they just said the people of Colorado can't vote for who they want to vote for. Hey, some people in Colorado want to vote for Trump. That's Greg Kelly, host of Greg Kelly Reports, weeknights at 9 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. Colorado is a blue state, right? Trump lost there in 2020 and probably in 2016. He can certainly win the election without Colorado, but that doesn't mean that there aren't people there that want to vote for him, as Greg said. There's also nine electoral votes. Even the other candidates that are trailing Trump by a mile are speaking out against the ruling, which will now be taken up in the U.S. Supreme Court. Here's Nikki Haley. I will beat him fair and square. We don't need to have judges making these decisions. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr. wrote a similar comment on his X account, you know, the platform formerly known as Twitter. Yes, I'm saying that sarcastically because I can't wait for everybody to stop saying it. But Kennedy wrote, the voters should be deciding and not the court. Then he went on to say, when a court in another country disqualifies an opposition candidate from running, we say that's not a real democracy. Now it's happening here. That from Robert F. Kennedy Jr., former Trump advisor and Newsmax host Sebastian Gorka. From the Mar-a-Lago raid to the New York Alvin Bragg indictments, to Judge Chutkan, to Jack Smith, and now Colorado, this is the only way they think they can stop him. Let's just stop for a moment and look at what this is about. They're saying that he was involved in an insurrection and therefore can't run for office. The only human being in history who has received 64 million votes and then 73 million votes running for president, who's only served one term, who has the constitutional right to run again. This is about one thing, Rob. This is about making sure that Americans cannot choose their next president. I've read the 14th Amendment live on radio. It says explicitly, it lists all of these positions. But the one position it doesn't mention is president of the United States. And that's why the lower court threw this out. They need to get this absurd decision, six to three, where the six Supreme Court justices in Colorado refused to add their names to this 380-page document. This needs to be taken up by the Supreme Court in January, right when they open on the first day. It seems that they're anticipating a a pretty quick appeal to this thing. And you know what's the the most interesting thing is that when when Jack Smith brought his charges, and we know Jack Smith is a highly partisan man, uh, he did not even bring charges of insurrection against the former president. He doesn't think there's a case for insurrection, but the Colorado Supreme Court just decided that because Trump, in their minds, created an insurrection, uh, or, or led to an insurrection or inspired an insurrection that he cannot be on the ballot uh, in the state of Colorado. So they're going further than Jack Smith uh, in making this statement. And they're basically saying to however, whatever percent of support, I think uh, in, in Colorado, it's a blue state. So Trump has something around 40 percent support at this point. They're telling 40 percent of the people in the state of Colorado they can't vote for the man they want to vote for for president of the United States. You're talking about millions and millions of people. Yeah, look, your, your point is so well taken. Jack Smith, who is, you know, just absolutely deranged in his hatred against President Trump, even he didn't use the post-Civil War 14th Amendment. And his case already with the latest Supreme Court decision to hear the review of the 1312 
the section of code being used against the January 6ers and the presidential immunity clause, Jack Smith's case has been, you know, put on ice for months. Yeah. We know that that is collapsing already. But look, we, we used to joke, Rob, about Trump derangement syndrome. This is, this is no longer a joke. When we have people in black robes anonymously trying to stop tens of millions of Americans from getting to choose their president. Sebastian Gorka last night on Rob Schmidt tonight. And don't forget about the Gorka reality check. That's Sunday nights at 7 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. So the Colorado court stayed its decision until January 4th or until the U.S. Supreme Court rules on the case. But, but Colorado officials say the issue must be settled by January 5th, which is the deadline for the state to print its presidential primary ballots. Okay. All of this, by the way, happening as Donald Trump spoke at the Commit to Caucus event in Iowa last night. They want to silence me because I will never let them silence you. And in the end, they're not after me. They're after you. I just happen to be standing in their way, and I always will stand in their way. They're ruining our country. And it's true. They're destroying the blood of our country. That's what they're doing. They're destroying our country. They don't like it when I said that. And I never read Mein Kampf. They said, oh, Hitler said that in a much different way. No, they're coming from all over the world. And that comment or part of that comment is the other big story on some other networks. Trump said the blood of the country again. Here's Eric Bowling with Arizona Senate candidate Carrie Lake. So the uh, the other big, let's call it news, uh, a comment Trump made. I, I, you know, when these things happen, Trump will say something that you know kind of shocks people. I remember back in 2016 when he said, "I don't like John McCain. He's a loser. He got caught. and everyone's like, "Oh, that was the end of it. He can't win now." Look what he said, and it only made him stronger. I could you know shoot someone on Fifth Avenue, uh, and and I'd still get elected. And people's, "Oh, he's never going to be elected after saying that." Well, Trump made a comment about poisoning the blood. I got so many phone calls from media saying, hey, you want to comment on this one being the one that really takes Trump out? I laugh at them and hang up and say, yeah, good luck. I've heard this story before. Listen to Jake Tapper almost in tears over this comment. South America, Africa, Asia. No mention of Europe in Mr. Trump's list. And he uses the term poisoning the blood of our country, poisoning the blood of our country. If you were to open up a copy of Hitler's Mein Kampf, you would find the Nazi leader describing the mixing of non-Germans with Germans as poisoning. There's really no other way to say it. Donald Trump's language mirrors this directly. So I, I, will, I will warn the, the leftist media, this will be the 157th time you've declared that comment was going to be the end of the Trump train. Your thoughts on, on the comment, really, and then the response. Uh, I think 157,000th time right. that they've tried to say that would be the end of President Trump's campaign. You know, they're just looking for something to cover because they don't want to talk about today. We had a record number of people pouring across, invading our country on our southern border. They don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about the airplanes going crisscrossing this country from border states, shipping people all over. Human trafficking. Our Biden administration is taking part in human trafficking of people across this country. They don't want to talk about the poison that is fentanyl, which is a weapon of mass destruction, pouring into Arizona from Mexico and killing a young generation. 
generation. Jake Tapper doesn't want to talk about that. Jake Tapper doesn't want to talk about the problems facing Americans. He wants to try to continue to drag President Trump down. And the American people recognize that it's actually President Trump who's standing up and fighting for them. Carrie Lake on the balance with Eric Bowling last night. When Trump was in office and all the narratives were floating around about Russia and North Korea, Kim, Trump's going to get us into a war. You remember that? Now we have two massive wars going on. Trump was going to get us into a war. Radio listeners, people who don't like him, would say to me, Trump is crazy. And I would always say, even some people I know personally would say that, and I would always say, yeah, Crazy like a fox. I really, really think Trump sometimes says things just to get them riled up, don't you? I've tried to explain it to people. He does it on purpose just to keep them talking about him, and they keep falling for it. All right. I said there were a couple of other things I wanted to get to, including a big, huge, huge business headline that I'm sure President Trump is going to speak about at some point in time as well. This is really huge. U.S. Steel, United States Steel, based in Pittsburgh, a massive employer and a company with deep, deep ties to the industrialization of America, a company that turned down a buyout offer from another American company, has now agreed to be bought out by a Japanese company. What is going on? More from Bob Brooks on American Agenda. Let's talk about a movie we've seen play out across the United States far too many times. That's another pillar of American industrial might falling and being sold to a foreign company. And this time it's jarring. It's U.S. Steel. Leadership has struck a deal worth nearly $15 billion in cash with Japanese-based Nippon Steel. U.S. Steel was founded in 1901 and is headquartered in the city of Pittsburgh, I grew up about an hour south of there in Westmoreland County. Making steel in that region is a large part of the identity, or I should say was. It gives people pride there. The hardworking men and women hang their hat on it and got to say for generations, I work at U.S. Steel. Our product helps build the nation. Our football team is called the Pittsburgh Steelers. It doesn't get any more steel than that. Well, at one point, U.S. Steel was the most valuable company on earth. Now I know uh, change is inevitable. But here's the issue I know so many people have with this. The steel industry is alive and well. It's not like it went defunct and it's not gone. But for some reason, this great American company fell behind and the people who depend on it, they will be the victims without a doubt. So what's the cause? Well, is it poor leadership? Is it a lack of innovation to compete? Government regulation? Well, Nippon Steel, maybe they made an offer that just couldn't be refused. Those are all likely factors. But this one, I can tell you it hurts and it's going to hurt the people there. Losing manufacturing over the decades, especially through the Rust Belt region, has stripped millions of Americans of their family's way of life. Towns and regions that are now shells of their former selves. Once the manufacturing leaves, the ancillary businesses, they just get by or they close. Families, they have to break up because the kids wind up having to move since there's not enough work there anymore. Enrollment at schools, it goes down. Some of those schools, they shudder. It's a domino effect. I've seen it firsthand, like so many of us have. Towns have to find a new way to reinvent themselves, and I can tell you it is not easy. We've already seen Bethlehem still go down on the opposite side of the state. In fact, I was actually there when they blew up the old headquarters, and I can tell you there were people in the crowd that were crying to see the symbolic end to it all. That's how much they cared about it. 
Now, in this case, U.S. Steel is only being sold. And according to their leadership and Nippon's leadership, all labor agreements, they'll be kept. About 3,700 people are employed in the greater Pittsburgh area by U.S. Steel, but not everyone is convinced of that. Pennsylvania Senator Jim Brewster, he's one of them. He's a Democrat from McKeesport. He said, quote, I will fight any loss of one job. Well, PA State Senate Republican President Kim Ward said, they're being bought by a foreign entity is out of our hands. What we can do here in the state level and with our U.S. senators and congressmen is to fight to make sure they stay here. In fact, Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman says he's going to try and block the deal. Let's listen. I'm standing on the roof of my home right here in Braddock, Pennsylvania, right across the street from the Edgar Thompson plant. And I just have to say it's absolutely outrageous that they have sold themselves to a foreign nation and a company can't do that. Steel is always about security as well, too. And I am committed to doing anything I can do from using my platform or my position in order to block this. And I'm going to fight for the steel workers and their union way of life here as well, too. And we cannot ever allow them to be screwed over or left behind. I agree with Fetterman on this one. Again, we've seen this movie before, and it typically doesn't end well. However, I'll ask these questions. I think it's important. Why was the company with our name on it, the United States Steel Company, in such bad shape that it had to go out to auction? In an industry, steel, that is not going anywhere. And why did the Japanese company pass us up so greatly? Nippon Steel is the fourth largest steel producer in the world. That is my new friend, Bob Brooks, co-host of American Agenda with Katrina Zish. I say my new friend because I had a great conversation with Bob at the Newsmax Christmas party a few days ago. And that is a huge story, huge story. And over in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, a few hours away, there is shock and grief in the community and throughout the news community today after a news chopper, a helicopter, crashed last night killing a photojournalist and the pilot. This was Philadelphia's Action News 6. If you live in the area, you are familiar with it, I'm sure. It's an ABC News affiliate, Action 6 reporter, Catherine Scott. Two members of our news team went down in the 6ABC helicopter last night. They did not survive. New Jersey State Police troopers were able to locate the crash site on the ground. They were last airborne over Wharton State Forest when the crash occurred after 8 p.m. We do not know the cause. Boy, that is difficult, difficult to do. Have to report on a deadly crash involving your coworkers. My thoughts and prayers are with the families first and the employees there. A little over a year ago when I was working at WBT Radio in Charlotte, the chopper at our TV station, WBTV, went down claiming the lives of the pilot and a meteorologist. Meteorologist with several children, too. It's devastating. Devastating for the families, obviously, but also for the staff of the station, which in most cases is like family and devastating for the community as well. And right before the holidays. So keep all of those folks in your prayers today. I hate to end on a downer like that, but the news is the news and it isn't always pretty, right? By the way, President Biden is in Milwaukee, Wisconsin today, and today is the deadline for Trump's attorneys to respond to special counsel Jack Smith's request from the Supreme Court to quickly decide on whether the former president has immunity from prosecution. Trump's lawyer, Alina Haba, said the only urgency that there is is an election next fall, and Democrats know they can't beat him. 
Be sure to keep up with all the news on Newsmax. It's available on most major cable systems, as you know, and on the new Newsmax Plus. Check it out, NewsmaxPlus.com. Get signed up for a free trial. That's NewsmaxPlus.com. It includes all your favorites. Thank you for checking out the Newsmax Daily Podcast. I'm Tony Marino. Enjoy the rest of your day or night, and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute. Every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.